Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 424 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and I am joined today by three of my dearest friends. To my left, you may know him as the Wrestling Nomad, the one they call Nomad, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. To my right, David Douglas Duncan Bray. Happy to be here. And special guest star (laughs) appearance from Andrew Spencer Spay. Hello, Andrew. Welcome. Hey, hey guys. Hey, what's up? Okay, lots to discuss. We have a few, uh, give you some classic teases here. Penn State Media Day happened. Uh, decent amount to discuss there. Iowa wrestle-offs, not wrestle-offs, but re- teammates wrestling each other-offs are happening. In a public setting. In a public setting, not wrestle-offs are happening, and there's some matchups, and we have to try to figure out what it could all mean, right? A lot to figure out there. And under rankings talk, um, <laughs> Nomad just wrote, Spay sucks at his job. So I assume more to come there. Thanks, Nomad. Yep. What a what a teammate there. <laughs> now, let's start with Penn State Media Day. Um, pretty exciting year for, if you're a Penn State fan, for myriad reasons. One, you've got um, the number one team in the country yet again. You've got some new exciting guys entering the lineup like Kyle Cannell and um, Brody Teske and some other spots as well. And it's the Olympic trials are in your, at your school, the Bryce Jordan Center. I think it's sold out already. It's sold out somehow. What? I, it like sold out like um, Garth Brooks coming to Tulsa sold out like immediately. Yeah. Wow. Like some, it, I. It should have. That's good. Part of me. Yeah. Part of me wonders if it's literally like if all Penn State people bought it all immediately and it's going to be. I hope I honestly this may not sound good. I don't but I don't really care. I love the atmosphere where like there is one group that is collectively behind one thing or or the next. No matter who it's for. And like for Penn State, they create a crazy atmosphere. For Iowa, they create a crazy atmosphere. Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera, Oklahoma State. So I'm actually kind of for like a just a total blue and white extravaganza at the Olympic trials. Well, and it's very on brand for them. Right, like when one of the things in the in the media takeaways is uh, Kale said when he found out apparently he was unaware that they were wrestling Rutgers at Madison Square Garden. He's like, yeah, it's their home match; they can do whatever they want. But when we have home matches, we're we're doing them right here in Rec Hall because of exactly what you said. They cultivate this this environment, and I hope more coaches do that because it's supposed to be home field advantage for a reason or home mat advantage, I guess. Wow. Shout out Sam Herring. Shout out wow. Jude. 
Um, now, also, also of note, just thinking back, that advantage is super important to them. Remember the Ohio State duel two years ago, the the back and forth of basically Penn State not allowing Ohio State, even like fam, I don't know family, but they had a hard time getting tickets. Mm-hmm. So that, but it's like, hey, it's their their house, their rules. So Olympic trials are going to be so insane. We were just doing a like budget planning for for the upcoming year. It's really exciting stuff. And then I was like, man, we're all going to need to go to Penn State, watch the Olympic trials. It's going to be so awesome. So, but back to this team. Kale um, talked about the freestyle schedule. Four or five guys going to wrestle at the U.S. Open. Vincenzo Joseph uh, going to the Bill Farrell, which the Farrell just got super spicy like yesterday mm-hmm. because it's going to have Vincenzo, Makai Lewis, Isaiah Martinez, and one more really good guy. Jason Off. Jason Off. <laughs> Jason Off. I knew I was forgetting a, a big one. So there's those four. And also in 57 kilogram news and former Penn State news, Man. Nick Suriano yes. headed to Bill Farrell where he could potentially match up against one Seth Gross. Which is uh, as exciting a potential matchup as I can fathom at 57, other than the obvious Dayton Spencer. We took a hard shift. Basically unfathomable. I'm going all over the place. From Penn State Media Days to Bill Farrell entries, which we do want to get to. Yeah, but that was one of the things that Kale discussed was the the freestyle component for their schedule. We assumed it would be heavy for the Open, Mm -hmm. which it will, four or five guys, they said. But um, for Chinzo to go to the Farrell... Is interesting. I'm wondering if Kassar mentioned he's planning on a mixed schedule. So I don't know if we'll see him at Farrell, which would be super juicy because yeah. Gable Stevenson will be at yeah. the Farrell. So it's all coming to a head. <laughs> and this is something that um, we talk about is the, the parallel lines that the college and freestyle season are, are currently running and are making for really exciting stuff. Kale also mentioned uh, the... He talked about Shakur Rashid and actually revealed that he had a torn ACL last year. If you remember, a big topic of discussion was when Shakur did and didn't wrestle, right? And, you know, it's like he, the, the big one was when he didn't wrestle in the Big Ten Finals. And, um, you know, we knew he had a brace and things weren't great. He wasn't uh, 100%. And for him to have been wrestling with ACL had to have been tough. And to get that kind of candor from Kale is, is pretty rare. And I think it's kind of like a, a message like, and it's, it's true. They, they don't sit guys. They wrestle their team. Their team wrestles. Their starters wrestle pretty much without fail. And Rashid was a different case, and here's why. Well, I think it also speaks to, <clears throat> even with that torn ACL, right? He was round of 12. He beat mm. Taylor Venz. He was? Yeah. I thought he went like one and two. I thought Appreciate. he really had he, I thought he lost super early to um, Chip, and then he might have. It might have been Gear knocked him, but he still, he yeah. still had some wins, mm-hmm. which speaks to hey, this guy's, this guy is still on a certain level, and and Shakur, 16. Shakur had the longest uh, media day interview that I saw. He yeah. ref- talked about being Rocky Balboa. He talked about the ups and downs of of the. He's a character. He he. I really enjoy hearing him talk. I really. Um, I've really enjoyed watching his growth because I think he's a guy who puts a lot of pressure on himself because yeah. he's in that room and he went to that room because he believes he is on that level with all those guys. And I think it's a big part of why he has gotten as far as he has. 
Yeah, I think I, I remember his interview, maybe it was with you, I don't know, but maybe it was last year where he's talking about, yeah, a lot of people ask me why don't I transfer because he's, he's basically been in a roster battle every year but last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could be out, he's, there were times where he was going to be out of the lineup and people were like, why don't you transfer? He's like, nah, not interested. This is where I can win a national title. This is where I can be my best. And, you know, for someone like Anthony Kassar is like living proof of that. <laughs> you know, Shakur <laughs> yeah. Rashid. I mean, Anthony Kassar could have won just about anywhere after, you know, he beat Colin Moore. And uh, then he didn't end up starting. It was behind Shakur Rashid that year at 197. So I think Penn State's got this this uh, this track record of guys just buying in. This is where you're going to be your best. And yeah, if you're the best in the country, you'll get in the lineup. It's the philosophy that uh, uh, Rashid mentioned before. Um, <clears throat> I think it was two years ago at the scuffle. Um, and Kassar is, like you said, living proof. But it's to be a national champ, you got to beat everybody anyway. So if you transfer, you're still going to have to beat the guy on the Penn State roster that you transferred to start for. And that's that mentality. You, they're all trying to be national champs, so it really doesn't matter what room they're in. They have to beat everybody in the country. That is a mentality. I like that mentality, but that is not always the mentality in, in even wrestling, right? I mean, we won't get into it. But... Um, you know, too much getting to a day so, later. Topic. Yeah, the, uh, the the path of least resistance is is a temptation, right? And uh, there are easier ways to get on teams. There's easier ways to do to get in lineups, and um, I think it is refreshing that they'll they'll stay there and figure out um, other other. Um, they they talked a little bit about the 125 and 149 being kind of open weights for them, and you know, in so many words, Coach Sanderson said, that, you know, the lineups pretty well set at most of these weights, but. Uh, we're going to have battles between Teske, Schnupp, and Meredith, and for Clear and Luke Gardner, Bo Pfeiffer at 49. But I th- any any thoughts there if we're, it, we'll see anyone other than Teske or for Clearing? That was the thing to me. Like, if this is if these are roster battles at 25 and 49, I mean, it seems like, I guess, either a really good sign out of Schnupp, Meredith, Gardner, Pfeiffer, or a really bad sign out of Teske and for Claren, right? Like, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you would think those shouldn't be in the balance, but I don't know. You know, I don't know what to make of that. The Kale speaks a lot about um, being a competitor, right, and competing hard and, and putting your best uh, effort out there. And um, with with Teske, it's it's hard to make a, a, an assessment of that because he only wrestled like seven matches, right? He didn't wrestle a full season. So I wonder if it's more so um, a wait-and-see approach with him just to get a little more data on his, how he is on competition days, how he is in the lead-up to a dual meet, just because we didn't see him a whole lot last year. I mean, I put it in, the, uh, I put it, um, in, in an article. If you search Brody Teske on Flow, there is a whole 14-month gap of matches from third place at Super 32 to his first match at Southern Scuffle. And, of course, he wrestled, you know, his Iowa State, um, like when he was a senior, won Iowa State title. But it speaks to a point that he didn't wrestle a whole lot last year. And so I'm just wondering if that's part of where that comes from and getting a better idea of where he stacks up with them. But I still think he's got to he's, he's be the most talented guy, right, at 125 for them. Yeah, I mean, he has to be, right? Yeah. One thing with um, thinking about what Mark Hall had to say, it was maybe the most surprising thing of the whole um, press conference or media day was Mark basically being non-committal with Olympic stuff, right? And mm-hmm. he is he is as 
he's the personification of a tweener in that he's a 79 for sure and he doesn't have the frame to really like I mean I guess he could if like he just solely focused on getting bigger I guess he could but he I don't know if he can go down <coughs> going up is going to be really tough and he probably knows you know at 86 um <coughs> excuse me wow a little sneezy there um <laughs> Yeah, so he knows he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, but it was it was interesting to see him make that um, that kind of declaration, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he wasn't being coy, I don't think, either. No. Because sometimes guys are just kind of mm-hmm. being coy about their plans. I think it was really a, I've got decisions to make. And it's very difficult to pass up an Olympic year, but, you know, we talked about getting out of school, which – speaks to another thing that it's not, you know, it's not always easy to make the decision about taking a redshirt being, you know, a, a sixth year, seventh mm-hmm. year for some of mm-hmm. these guys and continue to be in school and continue to kind of put off your life. And, right, he talked about wanting to be in coaching, right? Yeah. So, uh, which that really excites me, by the way. I think Mark Hall could do uh, a lot of good things for, you know, a program or, or a kid at the high school or college level that kind of needs a little more dynamicism, a little more tricks. Uh, so that that's something that I'm really looking forward to. But, yeah, I... I don't think he was he was being coy at all. He just yeah. And I'm and I'm wondering with the coaching stuff, do we see him wrestle senior level? I assume we will. But is yeah. it possible he's just like, man, I don't know. Maybe I just go into coaching and kind of like Gabe Dean is like this yeah. is it. He's like I'm good. Did my thing. Won my titles. I mean, he's a three-time. Thing is, man, he's a three-time age-level world champion. I know. Yes. Jeez. That's the wild thing that oh. that he was on the trajectory to be all everything, mm-hmm. and the, and the guy, and be like, all right, we're all chasing him now. I think you know there were tweets way back when. It's like, who's coming next? Who's after Burroughs? Mm-hmm. But I if mean, can you can you also imagine big. that Alex Danger used to be two weight classes below him? Like, talk about guys that can put <laughs> yeah. on weight and guys yeah. that have been the same weight yeah, and don't. Yeah. Doesn't look like he can go up or down. It's, it's also, rough. You know what it makes me think of with with Mark? It's like Zane took the year after going one forty nine for a year to like truly get get his body. I think acclimated to make sixty five consistently. Yeah, Maybe it'll be something like Mark's. Like I want to graduate this year, and I'll figure out my my size stuff afterwards when I can really commit to getting really bigger. Because right now the team needs me at one seventy four. Yes. I yeah. want to win a title at one seventy four. So. That's my focus, and then I'll take care of the. I've got a long time for an international career where I can shrink my body or get really big, which you know at Penn State is something that these guys have been able to do. Look at David Taylor, look at Anthony Kassar, um, and I'm sure he'd be able to do that too. He alluded to that in the interview, right? He said he said right like this year I want to be done with school. I want to be part of this team, and he said if I like go up or go down i don't know if that's really gonna offer me the best chance to be as good as i can be at 174 yeah and and so i mean i think that makes a lot of sense he also probably has a pretty good idea where he stands in relation to making 74 kilos and he also probably has a pretty good idea where he stands in terms of making the team at 86 kilos with david taylor in the yeah. room so um i mean he you know he i, I i'm i'm disappointed to kind of at the idea to think that he's maybe not going to be in this olympic trials mix this year but moving forward like really still very interested in his career i could see him you know wins ncaa's goes to or he won't even have to go last chance and just enters at 86 and tries his hand yeah. right um just to see where, where he stacks up that's my 
that's what I anticipate will happen with Mark. It's just a and just a guess. Feels like a, a seventy nine guy, you know, twenty twenty one trying yeah. to make that team. Sure. But imagine like, uh, yeah, I mean, not that we need to focus on the the Paris Olympic trials for twenty twenty four, but. Uh, <laughs> Like imagine a world where Vincenzo, Mark Hall, and Jason Nolf are all in that same bracket, and that's just the Penn State grads. It's yeah. like it's crazy. It's like what we saw in twenty sixteen. Yeah. With Mark, Vincenzo uh, and Nolf wrestled in the Challenge Tournament Finals in Dallas, and then Nolf wrestled Mark oh, for yeah. the World Team spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do recall. But yeah, the the stuff with the stuff with Mark. I mean, he went to Penn State to win eight titles, right? Four for himself and four for the team. Because he went to Apple Valley for that same reason, too. Yep. He won 12 titles. And I just... I th- yeah, I know, that's <laughs> He insane. won 12 titles. Right. Six for himself and six for the team. And I just think that's so important to him. And I don't... He's. I mean, he's obviously very close with, with Chenzo, right? Chenzo was literally wearing the Winmark windshirt yesterday. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that was by accident, per se. So... He's not going to create a roster battle with himself and Chenzo. I just don't think that's the kind of guy Mark is. And, yeah, it's it, it's it's unfortunate for, for us as fans that we might lose on Mark Hall, but he should do – he needs to do whatever is best for him. It's just it's just crazy to think about. So we spent a lot of time on, on Mark Hall, but he is well, one of the <laughs> superstar. most talked about recruits yeah, for the last talent. 20 years. Yeah, Yeah, so that was – those were the highlights. Um, check it out. Uh, Brock was there at Penn State getting us some of the stuff. Any other thoughts? Uh, also, Kale mentioned very likely no Brady Berge, which this this week. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this this just, just this yeah. Sunday against Navy, which makes sense. First of all, who knows where he's at folk style-wise, right, trying to, to transition back from, from freestyle. Second of all, he got hit in the head, <clears> and so they're just being – um, cautious there, so we might see you know Gardner or Piper or somebody bump up. Uh, but that there wasn't a whole lot I really learned from the media other than the twenty five forty nine stuff, and then Mark, uh, and then oh RBY is doing all folk. Yeah. So there's that, and yeah, I doubt we'll see Aaron Brooks at the Feral, <clears throat> but he he did. He sounds like he committed to which well, I kind of expected the Open in December. Um, one other thing, I mean, yeah, I think we, you know, we watch P- Penn State Media Day to try to learn things. What do we glean? But you got to check out that Shakur Rashid interview just <laughs> for like the experience of it. Cause he is, he's just like the most candid guy. Mm-hmm. He, he literally did the entire interview with like his arm up on the wall, <laughs> like leaning. Okay, so he called himself Rocky Balboa. Yeah. I mean, come on, this dude. Yeah. He referred him. to himself as Rocky Balboa, Brody Teske referred to himself as Brody Teske. Yep. Which so. I love any third person <laughs> yeah. references. Yeah. yeah. I'm here for them. Christian Piles is here for third person <laughs> references. Um, yeah. So that was Penn State Media Day. They get it started this Sunday against Navy at Rec Hall, I do mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that will be a, a raucous atmosphere for Penn State. 2 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Now. Next up, do we want to go to rankings discussions with Andrew Spencer Spay? Yeah, man, you got to explain yourself about 184. All right, bring it on, dude. Michigan State Open caused, I mean, we, that was the one we talked about for 20, 40 minutes yesterday. But what what, what the heck's going on with 184, man? 
what is going on is that there was a whole lot of movement from like right around, right below Trent Hidley. It all went kablooey. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can interpret it. But what what did you have specific? Are you upset about Jelani Embry? No, I'm. F- I, that was. At, I did my own. I. I did wow. my own top 25. Wow. I came prepared for this. That was, yeah. yeah, that was exactly where I had him. I think you were pretty generous to one of CP's favorite wrestlers, Max Lyon. Only dropped him two spots. Dropped him two spots. We'll give the details. No yeah. The man, Max Lyon's I'm sorry. Ledger yes. resume. The man, the man got six at uh, Michigan State Open. And I'm going to pull up his, his losses here. I had him drop to 22. Why did you only drop him twice? Are you friends with Tony Erson? What was uh, what was the third loss? The third loss was it a medical was... forfeit? I will tell you. Was it a withdrawal? Wow! Because that would have been his seventh match of the day. So he it's lost possible. To Britt Wilson, Jelani Embry, and if there was no other loss, then I think those are pretty decent, acceptable losses. He beat the two Buffalo guys that had good tournaments, Achardi and Cahill. Yeah, he lost to he lost to Wilson and Embry. Both of whom were ranked below him. Yes, and then so they now moved. Now they're ahead of him. Now they moved ahead and of I, him. Which is often how rankings And work. I also don't think. They I, don't always work that way. Sometimes guys have like a strong resume. They don't get moved, but this is early in the season. There's going to be some wild movement in the bottom of the, of the bracket. And uh, I still wow. think Max Lyon had some pretty good wins last year. And I moved two guys that were ranked ahead of him for their wins. I think you put too much respect on my man, Alan Clothier. I moved Alan Clothier a lot. I was, but the thing about Alan Clothier was I did not have him in the rankings because I thought he had graduated. So that was a mistake on my part. <laughs> wow. I didn't have him on the sheet at all. He also transferred schools, so he was going incognito a little bit. He really flying, was. literally flying under the radar. My radar was up and pinging and doing the mm-hmm. swooshing thing, and there was no Alan Clothier. And then he pops up at the Wyoming Open at the Cowboy Open. What team's he on? And that was Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, well, yeah, he's listed as App State in your sheet. Well, so. there you go. That's exactly my point. <laughs> this man is a chameleon. <laughs> He's a chameleon. So, chameleon, so that's the best you got. Also, Zach Bronigle, spell the dang kid's name right. There's no H. All right, this is going off the rails. And Colt, it, and is your radar up on Colt Yanger because he's out for the year, dog? M-165. No, there is an H in Zach Bronigle. He spells it with a Z, man. There's bo- it's both. It, it was Z A C. Both? What do you mean it's both? There's I mean in the results, the official results that get cataloged is Z A C H, and that's the ones that I do my little V right, lookup well, thing for. He spells his name with no H. All right, I have to cancel this. Segment. And then Cole Yinger. I what? He did a good job this week. I I, I lied. I did. He does not Z-A- suck at his job. It was Z A C. And Latin. if you look up, uh, well, he wasn't ranked last year. But if you look up the, well, whatever. You know yeah, the history. I've there. already canceled this. Screw up more next week. <laughs> all right. I was all I was all ready. I was all fired up. That was your big gun. Like came like eleven thirty last night. I was like I was like all right. I'm going to rip him to shreds. And I was like, man. Bulletproof, uh, baby. Not bulletproof, don't, but. Don't fabricate. Um, okay, <laughs> Iowa wrestle-offs that are not wrestle-offs. They're team matches in front of people with no roster implications. I guess we are led to believe. But what is interesting, Paul Glenn versus Gavin Teasdale is interesting. But Aaron Meyer is wrestling Austin DeSanto. Aaron Meyer is a 141-pounder. Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably not weigh-ins for this or anything like that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm guessing. But, you know, Max Murin's not involved. What is this? Uh, what, what is there anything to read into this at all whatsoever? Nomad was going full Sherlock Holmes on this yesterday, but <laughs> I, I had a little bit of a problem with his investigation. I, you want to explain your thoughts, Nomad? Okay. There's no weight classes listed. So 
that is always hard to tell. Meyer Meyer's a 141, as, as um, CP said. Teasdale's wrestling Paul Glenn, who's a 133, and Max Mirren's not listed. But um, Tom Brands at Iowa Media Day, talking about Austin Santo, he says he has to take some steps. You know, there's a national champion comeback, Seth Gross, so he's going to have to get better at the bottom. And we heard, we've long heard, um, like when he was transferring there, and then maybe this offseason, maybe I want to get bigger, maybe I want to go up, maybe mm-hmm. I want to change weight classes. This is more fuel to the fire that DeSanto could be a 141. And, and in addition to Tom Brady saying the stuff about Seth Gross, he also said, we're going to see Gavin Teasdale on the mat, mm-hmm. which could just mean he is the towel tapper for the match against UTC. I don't know, but <laughs> what if that's it? Did, I don't think they have towel tappers. No, they don't. Dang it. But I'm trying like, <clears throat> where else would we see them? Yeah. I don't know what it meant. There is some, yeah, there are some incongruous facts here, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you look at these you look at these lineups, and it looks like this is setting the stage for Teasdale 33, DeSanto 41. But then flashback to last week or two weeks ago when we had, you know, cornfield. Cor- cornfield, yeah, cat scratch fever, Murin's face. Um, you know, DeSanto, like the conversation was, he's got to beat Seth Gross. Like you said, like what's happening? Like yeah. it, some, something's happening, but like, what is it? This is, yeah. It seems like there's two different sort of messages happening right now from Iowa. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means either. Uh, we'll learn next Sunday, the duel who they send out there. Coach Brand says we'll see Gavin. So we'll see Gavin, I guess, at 133 and not DeSanto at 133 or maybe 41. I don't know what any of it means. Is it also no Murin? Is it is he banged up? Right? Is he? He looked fine at who's number one. Right. Well, you know, he could have gotten injured yeah, I know. time between. Um, is there just they just wanted to give DeSanto a match and Meyer was the guy they chose? I have a lot of questions, and I really need – uh, our dear friend uh, Chris Brewer to release the match notes for the UTC so I can see who the probable starters are. Because none of this adds up for me. Doesn't add up to Nomad. Something yeah. stinks. All right, so a couple other notables. Uh, Jeremiah Moody versus Nelson Brands, which will be for, you know, if we've hypothesized, maybe we'll see Kimmer on somewhat of a pitch count given his injury history and how freaking good he is. Uh, just keeping him healthy throughout the season. So maybe we see that's like a battle for uh, the 174 spot starting job, which would make sense to me. And both those guys are super good, right? Jeremiah Moody, he won um, UW Juniors Open. Uh, Nelson, obviously, kind of his track record is pretty well known as well. So that's interesting. And then uh, uh, Assad versus Wilkie for 84. I, I'm, I don't think Assad's probably there yet, but I think we'll learn a lot about how close he is to Cash and what we can expect from him as he'll slide in as the likely starter next year at 184 for them. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with the makeup of their lineup to insert him unless he is the best guy, which I have a hard time believing that a true freshman is better than a two-time round 12-er, but, but that's, yeah, if, that's if, one I'd like to see. If he is, like this is a year when they can win a title. Yeah. And and if he's I mean if he's really like a legitimate option to score big points at NCAA's I mean I wonder if we'll see him but it doesn't seem like we will I yeah. I don't that would really surprise me mm-hmm. with, with Assad I think he's I think Abe's uh, is talented but he didn't strike me as a guy that's like year one mm-hmm. no red shirt ready to come out I mean look at the track record for when they've done that 
the track record currently is one guy, Spencer Lee. Uh, they don't, and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, well. yeah, it worked well. Good, good call <laughs> it on that very one. Well. But I don't think Abasad is is that guy. I think he'll need a year, and I I'd be really surprised if he could beat Cash Wilkie right now. So that's the match. That's tomorrow, right? So <clears throat> right on the the seventh, there are nine matches. So we'll see Glenn Teasdale tomorrow, but the the Brands Moody one is Friday, and the Assad Wilkie one is fr- is also Friday. Uh, Jacob Warner has the winner of a guy who wrestles Thursday, and then the winner of th- this is the closest one <clears throat> that looks like a wrestle off. The winner of Zach Axmir and Pat Lugo will wrestle the winner of Kobe Seabrick and Vince Turk. Feels wrestle offy. Right. Yeah, Turk. So Turk up at forty nine is interesting. Mm-hmm. Which he's listed on the roster at forty nine. Okay, seemed like he was coming up. So that one was kind of, um, that one was kind of on the radar. A lot of the, a lot of the Iowa fans were talking about no Jaron Glosser mention, which I just found interesting because I thought Glosser was third string, you know, maybe second string or best at one forty nine, and a guy who's been very tough, and we've seen him have some good results in junior freestyle, but. That is the kind of following you can have at Iowa that you can be like second or third string, and the fans are still yeah. Where's Glosser? Wondering where you are. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It is it's same thing. <laughs> I mean, kind of same thing with the Moody Nelson Brands match. Mm-hmm. Like I think people are are going to be super interested in that, and and we've seen over the years backups one year, then like jump into the lineup and have a lot of success. Um, you know, Alex Meyer, for example, and oh, like. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Like Alex Meyer comes off the bench, and he's already like one of the favorites. He's already like people already know his name, and um, you know it feels like these these wrestle offs for like a backup spot, or I mean, they're like a competitive like internship or something for these guys to like yeah. jump into the lineup the next year. So um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. And one thing I just thought of that I didn't before is the fact that Aaron Cashman's wrestling Spencer Lee potentially to get. Because Tom said we're going to see Cashman more, right? That Spencer's going to be doing some kind of a modified schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bill Farrell's next weekend, mm-hmm. and I I would not like to fly from New York and and. You think Spencer's Iowa. going to the Farrell? Well, that's my that's that is the question I am posing. I am posing an answer that is no, because. I have said I think it is wise for all these guys to maximize their opportunities to to try to qualify. We heard them say they want to they're, they're going to wrestle Cashman in some matches. They probably wouldn't. They would, should still beat um, Chattanooga without Spencer Lee. Could we see Cashman? Is that what that is to get well, them I think ready? We could, yeah, maybe we see Cashman, but I man, I just would be surprised if Spencer went to Farrell. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dallas is the one. He's kind of. Not identified or really said, but kind of said he would be at. But if if he jumps into the to the Seth Gross, Come Nick on. Soriano, Nato, the it, the wrestling world's gonna explode. That'll be so. That'll be almost too good. Also with with that, um, <clears throat> so with all these guys saying they're gonna wrestle modified schedule, modified schedule, modified schedule. Well, the only duel Spencer would miss. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I cannot get this frog out of my throat. I apologize to everyone listening. Uh, the only duel that Spencer could potentially miss if he wrestles the Feral is UTC, and then he theoretically may not miss anything if he wrestles the Dallas. Open in December because they're December December eighth Princeton, then December 29th Midlands. 
So he would still get a, a week off there. So, and Kassar said he's also going to wrestle a modified schedule, which the only way that'll happen is if they go overseas. Well, Kale basically said they're not going to go overseas. He, but that's why I'm confused. Well, that's listen, why I was so confused. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, also Billy. Well, no, Mad. Um, <laughs> I think a modified schedule to me means okay, I will let you take a couple weeks and strictly train freestyle, and maybe you'll go to the OTC, or maybe you'll just do RTC practices for a couple weeks, and you won't do this duel that's the week before, or this duel is the week after, so you can focus on ramping up for freestyle, and then like having a little time to readjust back to folk style so it's like you're it's more just a training thing yeah you're too busy it's, i think the mistake is just to look at the dates of the mm-hmm. competition and just like the things around it that's that's my read on it because yeah i think the way the season is built out if you're not going overseas and i don't think spencer's going to go overseas either so i think it's just there's just some consideration for periodization or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it so that's that's my my take on it well, right? now i gotta figure out the dates of the otc camps then there's yeah, figure that out. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember, remember when Kyle Snyder, I think went to the Uregan and then came back and wrestled. I think Neville's was. Am I yeah. am I putting this all together? He came what? back straight from or no? He did it two years in a row. He did it a couple of years in a row. Sometimes um, you do a Friday Sunday uh, home and away thing. Sometimes <laughs> his you, away just happened to be his in away Siberia. was Siberia, <laughs> and uh, then he made it back. I oh. I know. I went to a BJC match a couple years ago, um, and he went. I think it was the 2016 season, that year, Regan. And I'm pretty sure he came back for that one. My memory's really not as good as it once was. But I remember he did that once, a quick turnaround, but I think he did it again. So that guy doesn't – he was, like, basically poo-pooed. I feel like Snyder had, like, a couple-year run there where he just, like – had no concept of his own mortality or his body's weaknesses whatsoever. <laughs> like he's like, I'm not. You he doesn't know, have many. It's not a big deal. Whatever. You know, it's <clears> just <throat> a matter of this and that, and just totally dismissing things that would totally like wreck other people. I am fully ready to defend uh, Spencer Lee's honor, Anthony Cassar's honor, wow. anyone's honor who misses a dual meet because they are. Who's questioning the, anyone's honor? Man? Oh, there yeah. will be fans. No. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah, they will. They'll, they'll Absolutely. Why would you miss the Michigan duel? Because I'm trying to make an Olympic team, dude. Dude. Defend their honor, Nomad. I, I, that happens. Do the right thing. That happened with Kyle Snyder, who was the – that year was literally the media – he was the face of the media guy. The first thing you see when you look um, at the Ohio State media he's guy. He's a the big poster, media the po- guy. The, the, all of the, the promotional materials. Kyle Snyder, big well, face. First thing they mentioned, Olympic gold medalist. Well, no, and fans were still like, "Why is he missing the duel?" Because he's he's trying to accomplish his dreams. Yeah, I think those are more. uh, I don't. I don't think that's it's that bad. But you know what? It shouldn't be bad at all. At least they know they have you to defend their honor. That's right, and that's going to go a long way. Um, Those fans really wreck me. Are you prepared to defend their honor in a court of law? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll testify. Wow. Wow. All right. Let's get to a little more freestyle talk. Yes. Bill Farrell Invitational is next week, next Saturday, Sunday. No, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday, Black Knight, Sunday. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What a weekend it will be. Now, talk a little bit more about 57 kilograms, Nick Surion. Do we have the updated uh, entries, the one they call Nomad? So as of yesterday, 
we have Seth Gross, mm-hmm. spicy. Nick Seriano, very spicy because he wrestles very That's little freestyle. Mm-hmm. Nathan Tomasello, Darren Cruz, who those two want have been wrestling since 2010 Super 32. Uh, and then Austin Miller, Zane Richards, and a young man I'm unfamiliar with, Giuseppe Villarreal from Lehigh Valley Wrestling Club. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with Giuseppe's work as well. Spade, wow. do you have any updates to those uh, entries? <laughs> any, uh, any Giuseppe uh, updates? I can, Giuseppe? I can find them. Yes, How about you, check you, back with me in a little bit? Yes, I'll okay. go do my digging, and I will let you know. Is Giuseppe – is that a is that a Pinocchio – no, that's Geppetto. 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 Ah, Geppetto. I thought I, I get them confused I all the time too. Yeah. Do they uh, do they go gross one Suriano two or whatever one some form or fashion? Uh yeah. Just I think based so. on Suriano's, not really wrestled an official freestyle match. Right. Since, do they just go common sense there? Yeah. I freaking hope so. Well, I don't. Where's Where's NATO stack up in this as well? Because where where was. NATO, um, did he make the national team? No, so so in that sense, right, Cruz could, they could make the argument that Cruz is the one, is the national team member. Uh, NATO, if you remember, got hurt, and he's been hurt for a while. Yeah, right. Yep. At the Open and didn't didn't finish it out. That's right, Didn't and then didn't go to trials. So it could be like... So he could theoretically maybe be the four. It's going to be tough to see this because Soriano has such a limited competition thing. Seth Gross didn't wrestle freestyle mm-hmm. last year. NATO was hurt last year, and Darian Cruz made the national. <laughs> Darian could very well legitimately be the one seed there. Yeah. Yeah. So NATO went uh, at at the U.S. Open, tacked Petrie, Clamara, Pirelli, so looking fine. Got cautioned out against Gilman, and that was kind of when you saw the injuries take hold. He mm-hmm. forfeited out from there, and then didn't wrestle at uh, in Raleigh. Yeah. So with that, I think. Very possible. We see. Na- I mean, the seeds could be a mess. We could have a gross. Gross Soriano could very reasonably be a semi or a pre-finals match. Even though I think in our minds those are the two best guys. You could go, like. My favorite thing is when there's you outsmart the system, wow. and go, well, Soriano's the four seed. Yeah, yeah. And you may cruise the one. Yeah. As the returning national team member. And then uh, Gross, who Gross either made a national team or was like fourth in the ladder at 61 last year. Yeah. He was right there. And then um, NATO. Yeah. I, I think it's really hard to say, like, which one of these guys is definitively the best or should be the highest seed. Suriano is, is so interesting to me because he has, like, one freestyle win, but it's over a bronze medalist, a world bronze medalist, right? So – I mean, we know, and we know how good he is from watching him all these years. But like his freestyle game is still so so new, at least on the senior level. Um, this will be his first senior level tournament, right? Yep. And when I think about his his last year since beat the streets, or not, you know, year whatever that is, six months, eight months, whatever since beat the streets, um, I I feel like sometimes I think about it one of two ways. Like either I ask myself if this guy's knew he was going to commit to freestyle why didn't he wrestle freestyle, right? Like, why didn't he get matches? Why didn't he enter some tournaments? But then, on the other hand, it makes me wonder, like, well, maybe he was, like, really committed to 57 kilos from the beginning, and he didn't want to tip his hand until he was down at the weight and he was all the way ready to, to make the Olympic run. And, you know, maybe that was smart tactically. I, I just – I feel like I don't know where Suriano is, but I need to know where Suriano, Suriano I, is. I feel like – 
he is going to be – I feel like since Beat the Streets, he's been on a, a, a quest for optimizing yes. himself for 57 kilogram freestyle only. He's been training with Dan, Daniel Dennis. He's been going to Oklahoma University with Coach Guerrero. I saw that, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's fully focused on this, and I think for that reason we're going to see the best version. I think he's the – He's the guy to beat it fairly, even over Seth Gross. I think the precision of his attacks and his positioning is going to be um, the difference there. And if it was folk style, you know, I think it's a little, maybe a different story. But I think freestyle favors Soriano um, pretty well. I also like New York City as a venue for Nick Soriano. Yes, yeah. I think the, the pride of Paramus. Nicky New yeah. York. Nikki New York, Nikki Jersey, Nikki push-ups. I also like the idea of an optimized Nick Suriano. I shudder to think that we have not yet seen <laughs> a fully optimized. That's frightening. Yeah. Do you think that – because I feel like the Micic loss, and I I don't know why I specifically pinpoint that one as opposed to, say, Dayton loss or any other of, of the very few losses that Suriano has had. I feel like that one kind of – that's where I pinpoint – a change in him because I feel like I, we saw a little bit more uh, varied offense out of him kind of in the last whatever four weeks of the year last year six weeks of the year and I'm wondering if we kind of see that again here I think there's I don't know this could be a total guess but I think there's always an element of with with Nick like not show the full hand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not going to show my full <clears throat> hand to Stefan Micic at the duel at the rack. I'm going to try to win it this way. Maybe. I don't know. I also think, like, he is he is so, you know, talking about his focus and training, but I think in competition he has the same type of focus. And I think you ha- if you're as, as positionally solid as Nick Soriano, you have to say to yourself, like, this guy has to score on me to beat me. And this guy can't score me without getting me out of position. And this guy can't get me out of position. So yeah. I, I think sometimes um, I, I wonder if we if we don't see as many offensive attacks because he is so confident in his positions, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, how do you how do you move that guy? How do you score him on him? See, I'm the I'm the other way, Christian. I think Suriano operates on eleven at all times, mm. and he yeah, and hates losing to the nth degree, whether he has to show his full hand or not. And that's why I think that match did have a change in him because I do think he was prepared for that, and I do think he was ready to to show his full thing. But he, I got I don't know, he got tighter, he got beat that day, or whatever happened, and kind of changed himself and thought about whatever he needed to do, and that's what allowed him to win um, NCAA's. Now we have a lot of time to get into this, and maybe we don't need to do it today. But how does the match with Seth go? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a limited exchange thing. I don't think there's a ton of back and forth. This isn't a Nishan Garrett Seth Gross match. It's, and who does that favor? Who wants to get in a shootout? Gross. Okay, and who wants to be a controlled couple point couple exchange thing is is Nick. So, yeah. so I mean, look at how he beat Cologne, right? That was a chess match. He waited for his one opportunity to get his one takedown, <laughs> and he got it. And I think we'll see something similar. I think. If if you're gross, you know one one thing Seth Seth has a lot going for him offensively in that he doesn't need this like super precise setup to get to legs and finish on someone <laughs> like that. But at the at the other, Nick is so quick and his reattacks are so strong that I feel like 
if you take this, I just need to find my way to a leg, I think Nick could, could really mm-hmm. punish that. But there could be a scenario where Seth's just able to get to his offense and um, it forces Soriano to attack because when Soriano has to come and, like, score a lot of points, that's definitely outside of his – that's not his typical game plan, even though he can come from behind. Um, it's, it's not always how you see him operate when he's wrestling at his best. And, you know, I, I wonder if, if, if Nick has to attack a lot, he ends up on single legs and he's struggling to finish with Seth's crazy counter stuff and belly wizard and all the ways he can expose guys. That that could be interesting. But I just see – I could see Nick getting control and center, getting to a high single, step out stuff, maybe not even messing around uh, with, with finishing if it's not there, there, right? That's my anticipation. Number one – Seth needs to always be aware of where the clock is and not pull cologne. Uh, number two, the timing of the cautions – or not cautions, um, passives in this match could be hugely massive. Mm-hmm. And number three, I love just this – I just found funny. Uh, John Reeder was was texting me about uh, entries, and so I sent him the article. And he's like, oh, sorry, I was registered. Perfect. <laughs> like they're psyched, they're wow. psyched about it. So that's great. I, I'm 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 amped that that they're amped about it. So yeah, 57 is going to be good. Spade, did you get any updates on? The, is that still the? I have list? the most recent data for people who have uh, paid their entry fee, and there are no new 57s. Uh, two 65 kilogram uh, dudes just entered. Uh, I think yesterday. What are their names? From the New York City RTC, Evan Henderson and Shelton Mack. NYC okay. RTC, huh. you were in their shirt yesterday, no man. Yes, it was. Good friends. All right, there. it was a good addition to sixty-five. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and Leo Tarantino from Blair now at Harvard. Harvard I think. man. Yeah, he's at eighty-six. Love his films. Yes, <laughs> love his films. And yes, everybody loves him. Okay, so that's fifty-seven um, with Nick in the mix. Who's got gross? Who's got Soriano? Let's put things on wax right now. I think as, you know where I stand. As of right now. I'm going gross just because I don't know. John Reader texts you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's probably part of it. Okay. No, I just I think <laughs> I think gross will I just think the nature of Seth Gross, he will force it to be a shootout. So right now I'm going Suriano. Luckily, we're gonna we're gonna watch a lot of film and I'm gonna write a preview about it and then I'll have a more educated response. But right now, give me Seth Gross. Mm. I'm on the other side. I'm Suriano. I I just I just don't see him getting getting far enough out of position for Seth Gross to score. I think he um, he's been he's been so focused, and I think his his freestyle offense. We're gonna see that have you know come a long way since since the Cologne match. So give me Suriano. Does the one day one day tournament help uh, Gross? He doesn't have to weigh in twice. I think the cut is gonna. Ha- affect him either way you think it's gonna be tough no matter what it's gonna be tough it'll be tough for for soriano too i imagine i mean he's been down at the weight way more recently yeah. seth gross hasn't probably been out of the weight since middle school but um he wrestled fargo at 38 as a senior like yeah a graduated senior we looked this up the other day i gotta find it it's it's been a minute um i i think you know he looked good at the afc but i just thought he'd look i thought you could kind of <clears> see it in him that he was He's obviously down, yeah. right? He's not probably cutting from as high as he was. And I didn't think he had that, quite that same thing. And that's I, some of its acclimation. His first time wrestling in about a year. 
But I just I I worry about him at 57. I, I wondered a little bit too with the AFC championship game if <laughs> if Gross has been training strictly freestyle mm-hmm. this whole time. True. Like, does that maybe limit some of the folk style positions he normally uses to rack up bonus points? You know, like, is that why? Yeah, maybe in addition to the weight cut, I'm sure he's he's. I mean, he has he said he's shrinking his body down, and that's not easy. He looked lean. You he saw did it in look his lean. Face. He looked super lean. That um, one rotundo picture. I think it was after the first match. He just gone yeah, yeah yeah so I'm, I'm sure it's the weight also but I, in that opening weekend i do wonder if it's also you know knocking the rust off plus like you have to imagine he is probably wrestling freestyle as much if not more than he's wrestling folk style right now in the room i would imagine that and yet you, you know think about that picture think about what he looked like he was probably at the time of those pictures 10 at least 10 pounds over the weight he's gonna have to make oh like at yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just that concerns me. If this match was at one thirty three, and it was Gross for Soriano, I I might feel differently. I may pick a different outcome. But I think at fifty seven, <clears throat> Nick's just got a frame that makes more sense there, and I think that he's good enough to beat him in the first place. There's, you know, there's no guarantee. Obviously, it's kind of the the, the um, wrestling cliche, but <laughs> guarantee this match even happens, right? Like, yeah. Nato's yeah. gonna have something to say about it. <laughs> what if Nato just comes out, yeah. lefty I see people, he could. He just dumps people. Yeah, Nato's uh, Nato's Nato's uh, excellent. We've never seen, we've never seen Gross Seriano. we've never seen Nato Gross. That was the wedding uh, we... wedding planner. Have we seen Nato Seriano? I don't think so. They were supposed to hit at that duel. Right. At 125. Yeah, I don't think we have. And then, remember, Nick defaulted out of Big Tens that year. And then it was oh, Spencer yeah. and Nato hitting the semis, mm-hmm. and Suriano was down below. So that's what happened. Or he was up, actually up top because Darian Cruz had the one. or It was him and Darian in the semi. I yeah, remember that. they've never wrestled. And the beautiful thing about Bill Farrell. Gorgeous. There's no... Forfeiting out, you have to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these matches or whatever combination of them have to happen. You have to get first here to qualify for the trials. Mm-hmm. Well, it's there's an interesting aspect in that this is still open to foreign competitors. Yeah, uh, sure. I don't sure. think we're going to see many because they have to pay their own way, including transpo room lodging. Transpo. Um, mm-hmm. Transpo is an important part of that equation. Um, <laughs> but uh, so you could have, you know, some. Foreigner, uh, Russian, whoever that wants to come in and, and throw a monkey wrench into any of these brackets, but also wonder if we're going to see guys wrestle back to third in the just in the in the in, in case something happens uh, like we did in the Olympic team trials. But I doubt we'll see actually much in the yeah. constellations. Like if somebody gets get you know pulls out or uh, just gets disqualified after the fact. Yeah, but that's yeah. A, considering you'd have to go back for third and then still have two guys ahead of you. Constellations mm-hmm. may be a little skimpy on competition. But those um, championship side brackets would be fire. I'm very much thinking that we're they're going to roll through the backside, and there's going to be a lot of I didn't win, I'm out. Yep. Concur. I'm fine with because you know wins it. So nomads on board with you forfeiting out. Yeah, people respond to incentives, right? So thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> okay. Want to get into a little bit of um, oh 74, right? 
We should talk about that a little bit. We got time. How are we, we can... seeding the Imar, Makai, Chenzo, <laughs> Jason Nolf situation? You said how are we seeding it or how are we so, seeing it? Seeding. Okay. And then seeing comes after the seeding. Seeding, you have to go Imar 1. Right. There's no. Yep. And yeah, we know that. I, you got to go Nolf 2 then. Oh, yeah. Because Nolf was <clears throat> national team behind Imar. They, they had that three-match series. Makai 3, Chenzo 4. Yeah. Because Chenzo hasn't wrestled So Chenzo Nolf semi. If Chenzo's four, wouldn't that Wait, be? No, no, no. Chenzo oh, Chenzo Imar. Chenzo Imar. So that's oh just like gosh. a that's just like an NCAA finals rematch. Three match. Uh, three match. That's a three yeah. match. Oh, as far as seeding, there's also Tommy Gant and Chance True. Marsteller who have, I believe, been active. I know is Chance Tommy coming Gant. down. That could Chance is at seventy four, and so is Tommy Gant, and we've seen both of them. Yeah. That could hurt Chenzo because Tommy was either third or fourth on the ladder this year. Yeah, fourth so the, ladder. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that would bump Chenzo down. Well, he could be the mm-hmm. five and still. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. I mean, I'm curious how they're gonna prioritize various accomplishments, right? Like Makai has just. I mean, he's looked amazing every time he's wrestled freestyle, right? Junior world champ has to be something. And then he he won. Yes. He won where this summer? Uh, he uh, well, he they wrestled in Dagestan. So he beat Valamont and a couple other guys. So he, so Makai does have even beyond the junior world champ thing, he does have some level of wins over guys in the field. Yes, that should be able to bump him up. Yes, um, I gotta look look up who else he beat there. But yeah, Chenzo could Chenzo could be hit pretty hard by uh, inactivity. And for those wondering, there's no real there's not there's no real. Uh, seating criteria for this they it, all of the there'll be one representative from each club there so or each rtc and they will draw on a whiteboard or a chalkboard or something and go here's the seeds and they're gonna vote on so could go any number of ways we also got nazar kolchitsky who's oh, active yeah. so i mean this is going to be a pack bracket with a lot of people that have freestyle credentials um so if they're coming new like chenzo is without a lot of background we all know chenzo's great but it's how do you justify the seating at this point? Mm-hmm. It's fun I, though. I think, man, it's it's tough because we haven't seen Makai really since NCAs. I mean, obviously he wrestled in Dagestan, but um, man, for me, he's tough to pick against in this. Even with Imar <laughs> and Chinzo and Nolf, and it's just like how do you score on that guy? Yeah, right. And I wonder who's the who's the toughest matchup for Makai in this bracket? Is it Imar? Like, how does Imar – because Imar has a very um, specific style, right? You know, underhook and brutal hand fighting and um, left side attacks and good good short offense. How does that play into what Makai wants to do? Yeah, and I think um, horsepower-wise, Imar it well, – I don't know, Chendo's really strong too. But yeah. Imar – I think Imar probably horsepower-wise the one that can match up the best – Athletically, um, I always make Jason Off sound like a like a like a stork athletically, which he's not. Um, stork. Yeah, I'm going Imar. Yeah, I I think Imar's probably. I mean, we just watched him beat Jordan Burroughs, right? I think yeah. for that reason you have to say him. But man, is is Chinzo? Does Chinzo at this point have Isaiah's number? But not really. I mean. He, he beat him in the finals and lost him in Big Tens the next year, and then he mm-hmm. beat him again in the finals. Yeah. So, I don't know. With Nolf, Nolf has really good snaps. 
And so that could prevent a situation of having to get Makai's leg up in the air, which good luck finishing with Makai's leg up in that. He yeah. that is the strongest man on one leg I've ever seen. Yeah, he just pulls your hands. How off. do you pull your your hands are locked? He just grabs them and pulls them apart. Not, it does yeah. It's not That's fair. Not fair. That's no. not fair. You can't do that. They're gonna outlaw that for the next year. It's not. It's not right. Mike. What if? What okay, if everybody right. could have been doing this the whole time? We just haven't been practicing. <laughs> yeah, we just. <laughs> no, it's really easy. You just grab <laughs> them. You just pull them apart. Why then, didn't I think of that? Then your legs back. Yeah, I don't. Man, Nolf. Uh, the one thing is, Nolf can get guys tired. He gets a lot of guys tired. So. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, get, yeah, he did that to Imar, right? Yeah. 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 He's been able to do that to Imar. Could he do it with Makai? I mean, could we see him Dude. wrestle Chenzo? Oh my goodness. Nolf has a way of making guys look somehow worse than they are when they wrestle him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Imar, Jordan Burroughs, you're like, whoa, Imar is, you know, he's on the level. He could be a world champ. He's, you know, amazing, unbelievable. You watch him against Nolf, and you're like, how do you make a mistake? Like, how do you make mistakes like that late in matches? How do you, you know, mm-hmm. you, j- you look like a novice or something because Nolf just, like, does that to people. That is the thing, though, and, again, there's plenty of time to make adjustments since then, but match one and three, Imar very much – controlled it was 9-4 and 12-2 but then that middle match and even that middle match Nolf had to hit that Hail Mary head pinch to yep. win yep so in that sense you feel much more comfortable based on previous results that that Imar is the guy but man we're gonna need Mike to do some some telestration here we're gonna have to watch a lot of film yeah we have to break it down uh so super excited for that I think that's that's the you want to put your money on this one to start uh, I feel. Pick. I we can feel, change him. I feel way more confident at picking Suriano. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Imar here. I think. Thing he's just proven a little bit more. There could be a Chinzo thing. He's just better. And I think Makai. This is one where a lot of times I don't like to like you know kind of him and Hall, but I really can see scenarios where Makai wins this. But I do think it's those two. I think those two have the styles to navigate against various different dudes. I think Makai is a tough matchup for Nolf. And I think he we saw he's a tough matchup for Vincenzo Joseph. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's those are the two best guys, Makai and Imar. And I think the first time out, I think I think Imar will be will be ready for him. With Makai, seeing him go over to Dagestan really changed my perception. Like this guy is taking his Olympic redshirt seriously. Like there's no, there's no question that he's going to be wrestling a full freestyle schedule, and so that part very much scares me that he is a hundred percent locked in and focused on this. The having your leg up in the air thing though becomes a little less impactful in freestyle with a step out, and so could Imar just nickel and dime him, dude, and go? That's great that you can not Imar's score, but not are a you- volume attacker like that. You know, I feel like but, he he really definitely picks his spots, right? But he he figured out the edge of the mat against Burroughs, yeah. who is who one of the best all the time. Best yes, yeah. yes, and so that's that's the thing is if if the match is in the balance and it's and and Imar has the opportunity to you know you, you get a step out point, I think he can, and that's that's for me why I think I lean Imar. Although, you know, you said like this is the first time they hit. I feel like. I feel like Makai Lewis, when guys hit him for the first time, look like they don't like look like they've never wrestled anybody like that. Yeah. And so, I, man, I I don't know. I I go back and forth, but I think ultimately, seeing the improvements Imar made, edge of the mat, um, and just how 
how brutal his hand fight is, I, I lean Imar. Hard to simulate Makai, yeah. How do you simulate right. a guy that can just pull your hands apart? Like, yeah. Okie doke. Um, we'll talk about it a lot more. We still have yeah, we got four more shows. Half, we're just getting really excited. Um, I'm, I didn't want to wait to talk about it. Uh, anything to discuss for for this weekend? Or are we gonna are we gonna make tomorrow very uh, preview for the weekend heavy? Yeah, I, I think we should get to cues from Fs because <laughs> if, if we go down the rabbit hole of this weekend, we're gonna we're right. just gonna want to get far down the rabbit. It's gonna hole. be eleven thirty. There's gonna be no tacos left. Mm-hmm. We have to get our wellness checked. We have oh, to yeah. see how well we are. Hey, That's who's right. yeah? They have a they're having a health fair thing today. Um, I'm getting a bio screening, wow. which that could mean anything. I signed up for the chair massage, so there'll be a masseuse in here in about five minutes to uh, rub, <laughs> I, rub my shoulders. That would be so funny. I, uh, I should have. I um, <clears throat> haven't had a doctor's appointment since high school. Oh, wow. I'm, thir- and I'm 34, so <laughs> feel great, but uh, <laughs> let's just make sure everything's okay, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I feel like this has worked out perfectly. I've never gone to the trouble of making an appointment for myself. So why not yeah. go? I'll go now. Oh know? yeah, that's that's. I did see a dermatologist when my hair fell out one time, uh, but other than that, that was that's really it. Wait, how, what? How much hair fell out? Uh, pretty big chunks of hair. What? I had, I had alopecia areata, so I had like <clears> a. <throat> it was a, a period of very high stress in my life, yeah. and chunks like right here I had this huge chunk of hair fell out, and like right here. <laughs> It looks horrible. You pulled your hair <laughs> up and out. No, my body rejected my hair in certain patches, and I didn't have it. And I had to get injections in my head. What? To get to grow, to get it to regenerate. I hope oh. a doctor did that so that you did see a doctor at that point. Yeah. So that that's what I. The am injections saying. were doctor done. Yes, I did. So I did see a medical professional for that, but I haven't like had a checkup. Yeah. Situation. No, I haven't had one of those either. I I only. I like to wait till it's an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> I like to go to the nine. dentist only break. when all my teeth are falling out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dentist? Oh, man. I haven't been there. It's the same thing. High school. Dude. I heard I heard a story about... I heard a story Basically, about, I see the dentist every day when I brush my teeth is the way I that's figure right. it. Go, oh, time for my teeth cleaning. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are they going to do? Dude, there was a story about this little, this like kid whose teeth, his teeth was, his tooth was hurting, and his parents were like, "Nah, it's fine, it's fine." His, his like tooth, it turned out there were like five hundred tiny little microscopic teeth growing under the one tooth. Uh, this what is if you not... have five hundred mini teeth? You're a mutant. Mini teeth? What do you got mini teeth growing on your regular tooth? I don't want to hear about mini teeth. Dude, yeah, that's, so. that's, that's five hundred. Like what? That's, I'm hoping to find that out. That's today alien hour content. It's a shark. I'm gonna ask man. them how many teeth it looks like I have. <laughs> but really, how many do I have? Really, honest, be honest. Hey, when Bracky comes back, are we getting Alien Hour with just him, or are we bringing Caleb back? Because Caleb lit the world on fire with his Alien Hour. I'm listen. We've we went on the record. We need Caleb to be. I feel like if it was a team, Caleb and um, mm-hmm. Kyle for the aliens, I'd be fine with that. Caleb is producing the show as we speak right now, so. He could come on the God Voice and say if he's in or if he's out and uh, let us know. But he's in. Yeah, there you go. He is. Wow. Caleb's in. I really hope that came through. So <laughs> Caleb and Kyle, Steve and Kyle, we're still waiting for uh, – obviously he's going to take his time. And when he's back, it'll be alien time whenever that is. So enough uh, – yeah, we got the bio screen situation. So I'll let you know if there's anything uh, 
anything to worry about, guys. But I'm cool. I'm, th I'm feeling great. Jude Swisher of Home Ad Advantage fame. Gable versus Kassar, 3.0. More or less points scored. Well, how many points have been scored is the question. Not many. And are we talking about freestyle? Yeah. Because obviously if but it's 3.0, it would have to be folk. This would be their third such meeting. I'll say more points because I think Gable will have to be more assertive, which will just lead to more points. Although I thought that last time and it's he still was not able to Breakthrough. So they're NCA. They're both four three. Both four three. Both four three matches. So seven point five over under. Ooh, seven. I don't know. I don't know if there will be more points than that. I would think less. I'll say less. I'll say it's a three two win. If you time. get to eight, if you get to eight, that likely means both guys have both guys have takedowns, and one has multiple takedowns. So yeah, life's too short to bet the under. Let's go. I'll say under six five. If it's over. I, I would I would think it would be a sudden victory situation. Yeah, like three three six four heading to overtime and somebody you know somebody gets a mm. takedown overtime. Do we need a caveat for points per minute? <clears throat> I I don't the think Cole Martin clause. I, yeah, no. maybe maybe we need no such clause. Let's get a Pythagorean points per minute. Oh no, don't, no back to back Pythagorean references. I need some I, I need some backup on the Pythagorean win loss here for the the nerds the like baseball and football nerds in the group. The, explain that the Pythagorean win loss is awesome. <clears throat> Come back at them on Twitter, please. Pythagorean, no, it's good. The problem with wrestling is you, it uh, gets messed up with uh, pins and stuff like that. So in no sport, so when baseball and football it works, you use the score, you figure out the Pythagorean score, and that's like a more uh, accurate true level. It takes out some of the luck and uh, random variation. But for wrestling, you could be down 14 to nothing and then pin a guy. Well, How that's why you... our friend uh, Lemon Pie has the point differential per seven minutes. Yeah, no, there's there's other things you can do, um, but that's that's the one problem with using sure, Pythagorean in, in wrestling. There's probably some other stuff <clears> I haven't really thought about. But it's awesome that everybody should know how Pythagorean scoring works, and uh, I'm glad you brought it up because the more people that know about that, the more informed they will be and the better fans they'll be. So good for you, Nomad. <laughs> I support your move. <clears throat> okay, I like this question from Corey Kalina. Uh, with Pletcher... Being the new number one at 141, Gross being no stranger to bumping up for a challenge. What are the chances we get a one versus one super match Saturday 17th in Madison? That sounds like a very well. On the one hand, I say this makes sense and I could see this happening. On the other hand, with Seth basically holding 57 whilst <laughs> yeah. wrestling 133 Ooh. and bumping up to 141, that gives me some pause. However, reattack. It will be in January, which is isolated from potentially freestyle events. So he could be getting a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger in, in preparation for a cut down in late March. Also, with all due respect to South Dakota State and, Minis and um, Wyoming. Wyoming. I don't know why I almost said Minnesota there. That was not remotely close. Um, the outcome of their duel mattered much less yeah. on a national scale than the outcome of a Ohio State-Wisconsin duel. And so to potentially sacrifice a match. Also, or, you know, or probably bonus points for sure. Sure. And two other things. One, I don't, I, I think Chris Bonal will say we've got a guy in Tristan Moran that we need to beat Luke Pletcher. Number two, yeah, it's who thing. knows if Pletcher's still going to be number one. The way we're kind of viewing this 141, he may not be the number one guy at that point in time, right? 
a Jarvis wide open conversation from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reference FRL 423. So I don't know. Um, I don't see it, but if it was going to happen, it would be that guy, that scenario. Um, they're no strangers to the bump. And, you know, who would go at 33 for for Wisconsin? They're going to want to win this duel, and it'll be Quinn Kenner's going to be really good this year for Ohio State. <clears throat> you, you could be looking at a real a net loss in different ways. Yeah. Which, by the way, Kenner is, and we'll get into this more tomorrow with our weekend deep dive, but Kenner is listed as a probable this weekend, kind of as expected, against Stanford. Oh, and Malik listed the only 25 listed for uh, Ohio State. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Because if you're cutting down Decatur, you don't wrestle – Malik, right? Well, and now. if you're keeping, if you're going to keep Malik in redshirt, you don't wrestle Malik. Exactly. And they have um, Hunter Lucas mm-hmm. that they could roll out. Like they have, they have a guy who does not have a redshirt to burn. Now, will we see Townsville? He did U twenty threes. He's a uh, listed as an or there. Yeah, and I think I think that's why they listed that as an or. I even the, I mean, it's a huge duel for Stanford, but I don't know. I would not rush that guy back if he is not. Folk style ready when it's the second weekend of the year. Correct. All right. Um, will who's number one still be a flow event? Well, absolutely it will. Hell yeah. Ain't going nowhere. Um, Brock Desert. I'm not answering that. Um, <laughs> it's called. It's, yeah, I'm not going to ask that question. You could um, ask it and just hardcore disagree with it. Oh, thoughts on week Iowa wrestle-off schedule. Well, I don't know. what the, It's not wrestle-offs. It's not wrestle-offs. Come on. It's not week. Yeah. You're weak, Brock. <laughs> just kidding, dude. You're a nice guy. We just talk. what? Just because they don't have, like, they don't have DeSanto versus Teasdale listed? They don't like, that's the one thing. Yep. That's yeah, but that doesn't about. make it weak. <clears throat> yeah. Come on, man. That's, yeah. Bryce by Harper com- responds to that. By comparison to if we did have that match. Yeah, sure. That would be awesome. Um, what do you realize? This is Stephen the Surgeon Merrill. So the surgeon's back. <laughs> our MMA doctor. Wow. Yeah, our MMA doctor. Wow. I should just have him uh, give me a, a checkup. <laughs> Next question from friends. Uh, yeah, actually, just eyeball me. Steve, how am I looking? Clean bill of health? Give me an up and down. What do you, what do you realistically expect from Kimmer after a year out from surgery and going up two weight classes? High expectations myself. Just curious about you guys. I really do have high expectations. I like that he's bigger and not going to be cutting a lot of weight and healthy. I think he's a top three guy. I think he's probably the toughest matchup for Mark Hall, even though I think his style is tough for Mark in that he's going to shoot under him a lot, and that's where Mark is kind of magical. So I think it's going to be tough for him to win, but I think he's going to do really well. The yeah, so I guess for the question is what what constitutes high expectations? I, I guess I don't because I don't like I don't like missing a whole year, which I guess is hypocritical because I expect very high things of Seth Gross this year. Um, Hypocrite, very much hypocritical of me. But missing a year and going up to weight classes and like a a. We are seeing breadcrumbs of being on a pitch count. All that stuff really worries me. Combined with the pressure of pushing for a national title, there's a lot of room for error there. Now, Kemmerer has been third and fifth at NCAAs. 
So there's not a lot of data suggesting that, but going up two weight classes and out from surgery and potentially being on a pitch count, that worries me. I really like him in comparison to this field, though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's there are years where 174 feels like, you know, next to impossible to Kokesh make the finals. And, but, yeah, yeah. Evans Storley, <laughs> Matt Brown, Mike Evans, <laughs> like, Chris Perry. Yeah, it oh never my. ended. Andrew Howe. That was one weight, one year. It never ended. Howe, Perry, Evans, Kokesh, Storley, Matt Brown. Insane, right? That was nuts. But this year, you got, I mean, Mark Hall is the guy to beat, right? He's going to be target on his back all year. But then after that, Cutler, Kemmerer, who we're talking about, then Labriola, Steyer, Joe Smith, Skatska, Connor Flynn is eight, right? Like, I, against that field, mm-hmm. I I think, you know, more often than not, he's two or three for me in that group. Yeah. The, the Smith matches, because somebody brought oh, this man. up. Somebody brought this up when we originally were talking. It was the Oklahoma City, Iowa lineup. Anyway. 2016-17 season, they wrestled twice. So in the in the second semester, and in the duel, Kemmer won four three, and then at NCAA's he won seven one in overtime because takedown and back. And yeah, so they were close matches. Yeah. One point going in overtime. How similar do those look with those guys so now? Funny they're both up heavier. two weights. Mm-hmm. I think it's man. Yeah, I think it's I think that's a really close match, and I think. Joe can totally win that, but yeah, I think we're we're high on on our friend uh, Michael Kemmer. Now, please be healthy, Kim Dog, and everyone. Seriously, Ender uh, Kongayao, Bracky goes as Kyle, even though it's Stephen. Will Hayden be referred to as Thomas? Well, hmm. Kyle goes by Steve because I think Dad's name's Steve, so a double Steve situation. Hmm. So Bracky's name is not Hayden, therefore Hayden will be Hayden. Is my guess. I don't want to speak for the child or Kyle or Olivia for that matter. He also doesn't likely. There's very few uh, HTs in the world, right? You know how? <laughs> <laughs> how could this matter? <laughs> what? Well, I'm saying some people. Some people take their their first two initials and go by that. Oh, like oh, if you went oh, by Dee oh, Bray. Uh, if I if I wanted <laughs> you to call me Dee Gregorius all the yeah. time or something, yeah, okay. So, Ht Bracky sounds like a a literature professor. Yes, it does. Ht yeah. Bracky, yeah. I think I'd tenure him. Writing, writing rhetoric <laughs> and technical communication. Yeah, yeah. 302, professor. 302. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and switch him and be Thomas Hayden, and then his nickname will be Church, and then everybody <laughs> will get the classic reference from the 90s sitcom Wings that we all know and love. Oh, my gosh. Right? All right. Everybody okay. on board that, with that one? That is the stuff you will get with the new and improved FRL. <laughs> the Wings, yeah. Your, he, your Wings references have never been higher. <laughs> I, I, I cannot. <laughs> Through the roof. <laughs> Just CP's <laughs> exasperation at uh, Spay's ability to bring in B and C level media references will be <laughs> running. Hey, dude, what are you talking about? No. B and C. Wings is terrible. <laughs> um, Did you watch a lot of Wings? I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of Wings. I mean, my my parents watched it, I think, and so. Hmm. And you're just not a fan, huh? I like Seinfeld. That's what my parents watch. All right, oh, let's go. Boom, boom. We need a definitive rankings. Ninety sitcom. That'll be next time. Give me Coach. <laughs> Hell yeah. Craig T. Nelson, I'm on board. I like where you're going, Bray. <laughs> okay. Mm. Actually, I think that's it. I'm ready to call it. Wings. Did the, the, wing, the wings got you that bad? Yeah. If there's anything in there you want to ask, go for it. But uh, I'm good. Caleb. There's a lot of ma- there's a lot of questions in here. Are there? Oh, oh, whoops. I missed a whole, like, three pages. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought I had reached the end. Hey, Pops Redfoot, who gave us major fake news, set me up. He said, sorry about the fake news. Uh, C piles. Not sure I got that so wrong. Must be still recovering from the 420 <laughs> episode. 
You're kind of back on my, in my good graces with a, <laughs> with a classic marijuana reference. Um, how do you see a DeSanto versus Ironman match going at 141? Well. Oh, man. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I, actually, I think I do know. I think Jaden Ironman will probably win that match. I see it ending with one guy standing over the other with like his arms out like this. Like, yes, there will be absolutely be a, a flex celebration <laughs> yes. or a, yeah. a celebration of some kind. Yeah, yeah. So there will be six shooters from Ironman or something like mm-hmm. that, and who knows? Who knows with Desanto? But yeah, like I, I think about Desanto at forty-one, and I think okay, he could be really good. And then I think about him compared to Ironman, and he, I think he's too small. Like Ironman is just like this. This seems this massive length, and I, I don't know. I, just, I, seems like I a can lot of see Ironman going up to forty-nine when he returns. What is the <clears throat> Do we have any track record of him with guys who go right inside Ty Fireman's dump? Like, there's not a lot of the track record of him versus DeSanto is what you're asking. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's not a lot of guys he's wrestled that have that particular style. If he wrestled Mason Beckman, that's the only guy that had that lefty inside barrel. Did they cross over? And he was down at 33. Yeah. Um. So, no, I don't think there's a track record for a guy that wrestles like Austin DeSanto. But I think there's a track record for guys that shoot under Jaden Ironman. Mm-hmm. And it's problematic for mm-hmm. those guys often. I think someone like Joey McKenna, who who has lost to Jaden Ironman. Uh, but, but I think it's more. Yeah, but it is a very, it's been very much a McKenna thing. Mm-hmm. He's so solid, tough to get to, and precise with his finishes and good on top. That's not exactly. If you can finish Iron, if you finish, if you can figure Ironman out, then again, Ironman has these crazy matches where he's like, he has to come dig deep against guys you don't even know who. They, I still don't know who they are. I forget who it was. Was it a Northern Illinois guy or SIUE guy? Uh, yeah, it was like a twelve ten. A twelve ten, and and I think something like that happened with. So he can be in some goofy matches, but I think it's those matches happen when he's like, I know I'm better than this guy that. DeSanto would be a match he would know he'd have to get up for, so I'm kind of back and forth a little bit here. But, yeah, I think Ironman would probably be the winner, and I don't think we'll see that match this year because I don't know if DeSanto's going up, and we won't see Ironman because he's going Olympics. That, that question makes me want to see DeSanto wrestle all these guys at 141. Like, I know. <laughs> what does a DeSanto-Demas match look like? like yeah. I think like, that was a question in there. Yeah, that's a zany one. Well, it's been asked before. I don't know if it was asked this <clears throat> week, but, yeah. Santo Dimas. That's crazy. crazy. We saw Santo uh, Fletcher, right? Midlands. Why would he go to Midlands? Who? Jaden. No, I'm talking about Dimas. Oh, Dimas DeSanchez. Like that, yeah. you know. We've seen. I mean, we've already seen uh, DeSanto Fletcher, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, and Fletcher won that in the in the Conti semis at NCAA's. So, I mean, that you know, maybe he's. I don't know. Anyway, man. Dimas DeSanto Midlands would electrify the city of Chicago for a day. Yes. Okay. Um, Chris Christian, please explain why you've read my question five times over the last year and never mentioned my handle, just the name. But you do <laughs> mention actual cannibal and Kyle the Great. Uh, it's personal. Actual cannibal one. <laughs> There's time I think about how great Maurice Claret could have been if he could have stayed out of trouble. Are there any wrestlers... They could have done amazing things, but couldn't get out of their own way. Do I really want to answer this? Why don't we just say? Why don't we just make this like? Um, maybe it could be health considerations, right? Like just never. 
Because for me, Darian Caldwell is one. I was like, that mm-hmm. guy could have been a world and Olympic champion. You look at what he did after he beat Metcalf that year. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the Open, loses to Freyer, but he beats Schwab and someone else good right after that with like basically extremely limited freestyle acumen. You're like, this is the next generation of 66. And then he goes rollerblading and yeah, bl- gonna- <laughs> dang it, rollerblades cl- claim another wrestling great. And he was never the same again. I mean, you, you hang out with the rollerblade crowd, you get you get what's <laughs> yeah, coming to you. That's right. You know? <laughs> The guys who come – this is a very difficult question because the guys that come to mind for me are ones that have had more serious accusations leveled against them. Oh, boy. And <laughs> so that – well, because then, cause then it's like, uh, well, if they were just a better person theoretically or did they get caught up in a bad situation. So, uh, yeah, this is – this is a do well. I'll say one because I don't know if you're gonna say any names. A- Andrew Campolitano for me coming out of high school, I thought was the next big thing. The big debate was him versus Macintosh. That was a name. I was Team Campolitano all the way, and uh, that's you know pretty public. What didn't go well at Ohio State, and then just never quite got back at Rutgers. But I think he's someone that had all the talent in the world to be super super special, Snyder level kind of guy, but it didn't didn't work out for him. Uh, unfortunately, but always thought a lot of camp. Another Andrew comes to mind as well. Andrew Long. Yeah. Hmm. For sure. I mean, you look at what he did at Midlands that year he came back for Grandview. Where he, at 49. At, like, 40, definitely not 41. As, 41, yeah. Was he up at – I thought he was up at 49. Okay. No, it was against Blyze. It was okay. the Kevin Jack. So Blyze lost to – Blyze beat Jack, and then Andrew Long just ran through him. It was just like a different – he was like oh, okay. four or five and levels above. He went up to forty nine after that tournament, like he for NA, for like the NAI season, and then he ended up not finishing. The year. Was that yeah, Hiles' first title that year? Um, that would have been because I feel like I remember tweeting something to the effect of of the best hundred and forty one pounder will not be at the NCAA Division one championships mm-hmm. because yep. we didn't we hadn't seen Hiles separate himself. yet. That was the year that Hiles won. Um, that was the first year Howe won in Madison yeah. Square Garden. And then, you know, he wrestled Meredith in the finals, who was a 10 seed, right? So he hadn't mm-hmm. – so coming in, they, they hadn't separated themselves yet, yeah. Andrew Long, that one year, uh, he was at Grandview of 41 and wrestled in two – no, three opens. Uh, his closest match was a major decision. He beat <laughs> two All-Americans and Steve – Steve Blyce was an All-American, right? Negatory. No, never made a round. Well, he beat Ronnie Perry. He was a finalist. Tech fall 25 to 8. <laughs> God. Long was a monster. What? Absolute monster. Um, yeah, he's definitely one. So those are some that come to mind. Not a trouble situation as far as I know. It is a health, but uh, Cade Olivas. Yeah. Will always be a great what if for me. For sure. He won everything and then concussions. Not just won everything. Like. Just mowed through people. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, was, there are brackets where he, he was 22 to 8, just you know, he's, molly-whopping he's, people. Gavin match was really pretty close. I know. I'm saying coming up. Yeah. There were, uh, th- like, a couple guys from Lehigh that were part of an awesome recruiting class. Austin Mays, right? Um, yeah, he had that weird disease. Yeah. Um, Dylan Malonis came in a little bit after that, and he wrestled one year, and concussions took him out, and then I'm missing somebody else. Um, 
but yeah, like the the things that are not even injuries that are just, you know, life and Ill, yeah, just whatever something comes up. So yeah, all right. So we answered that one. Probably won't get beat up, but maybe people get mad. Um, okay. Any other? Donde esta Joey Silva? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it either. I don't know. I haven't. I. I don't know anything. He just hasn't entered wrestling tournaments, and he hasn't been mentioned in any media things by Michigan, which makes me a little worried that he may not have the. He may not be the starter this year. He may not reach the heights that I have uh, discussed with him. Uh, is this the deepest, most talented field of American wrestlers trying to make an Olympic team? Every way is four or five deep with really high-level wrestlers. Oh, man. I think for some weights we're going to – I mean, last 2016's 65 kilograms, man, that's going to be tough to beat. I also just think the – so there's partially recency bias to this, but there is partially – yeah. There, there is partially some truth to it in terms of an influx of money that allows guys to stay in the sport, and so just by the nature of, the nature of, you're more likely to see the actual top eight guys than maybe you were in the past because three and seven and maybe six were, I don't guess sell insurance. I actually don't think it's that. I think it's the uh, ascent of college athletes how good they are because look at who we're talking about we're talking about age thing spencer dayton soriano gross are are huge contenders at 65 or at 57 65 yanni right at Mm -hmm. 74 we're talking about chinzo jason alpha just graduated makai lewis Lewis. uh to me i that's how i look at it um it's guys are just so much better younger they're they are world level at a younger age more so than uh a Darian Cruz or a Frank Pirelli or a whoever guy that's able to hang around the sport. I think that is a part of it, and that does add to the depth. But I think when you talk about it at the, at the higher end, it's just how good these college guys are. Like 18 to 22-year-olds <clears throat> being at the level as opposed to Kyle. Yeah. you know when I, when I think about depth, like I feel like the question is how many guys in the field could both A, make the team, and B, win a medal? Yep. And mm-hmm. and and I think like in that in that sense we this might be the deepest field at least that we've seen in the last 20 years. Um I think there were some there were some years where uh you know Soviet era where where there were a lot of guys maybe in the US who could medal but I don't know if the world had the same depth. Um but in this in this kind of modern era like I mean even think about like 2016 65 kilos was was super deep but but nobody had meddled. We no. hadn't meddled that, you know, and, uh, I mean, we still haven't at that weight class, but like Dayton age level, you know, medals, Gilman senior level medals, like 65, you know, we'll have, we have guys from 61 coming up who have medals 74. Um, you know, obviously Burroughs, one of the best ever Dake. Dake's a two-time world champ. And then Makai's a junior world champ. And, I mean, 86 is incredibly deep, you know, yeah, that, that and that goes with his point. Just the the reemergence of age level world championships as a thing mm-hmm. allows that to be the the young guys come in and the I mean also the the other thing is America's greatest periods of success completely unsurprisingly pretty well mirror periods of strong depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when we are the first or second best team in the world, maybe third if we have a bad tournament. 
Yeah, as opposed to when we're eighth. Yeah. The reason's because we have more depth. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, that was a good question. Thank you for asking. Um, Nikki Pipes, I'll read your handle. <laughs> I'm just doing. I'm just being spiteful, yes, Chris Christian. Spite There's absolutely spite. no reason for me not to, but not, I'm just kind of being funny, um, at least to myself. Um, can coaches redshirt a kid after a few matches, kind of like they do in football? Unfortunately, no. It is a stupid rule that currently only applies to. Well, I don't know what it applies to, but it does not apply to wrestling. Just football. Just football. Because why not? It's just nonsense. Football it makes no sense. And also, at what point? If we continue along the same trend with six years, does the NCAA just go, you got six years to wrestle four NCAAs, figure it out? Yeah. Well, the, the nonsense thing about the red shirt and having it only apply to football is, and I get it, football dictates the terms, they drive the bus for the NCAA. Um, but you have a sport like football where the rosters are 60, 80, 100 kids, and they can all play multitude of positions, like, uh, you know, fill in, linebacker, offense, defense, whatever. Wrestling is. Probably the only sport that I can think of in college where guys cannot barely can move. And now with the weight descent, it's almost impossible to even move more than two weight classes in the same year. Uh, and, you know, just moving one class is difficult enough. And this is the one sport where, like, an exemption to the redshirt rule so that you don't have forfeits in dual meets uh, would be perfect for it. It's, like, the most needed cause. And instead they're like... The NCA just cares about, you know, when, when football makes up their mind to do something, the NCA listens. When wrestling petitions, you know, it could take one veto vote for some guy who doesn't care, doesn't want to be involved to trash the whole uh, proposition. So we have to just wait until football will allow it to be applied everywhere else or something like that. Yeah. Very annoying. How about this Highly. one? Guys who are on red shirt, when they go to, say, open tournaments, have to pay their own way. Yeah, yeah and they have to drive mm-hmm. themselves. It's more dangerous for the student athlete. They don't get coached. Yeah. Um, it's it's dumb. It's punitive. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, doesn't make sense, but we don't make the rules. Otherwise, things would Yet. be different. Yet. No, we don't. Wow. Uh, excited, uh, excited for the idea of uh, NCAA guys being able to get paid for their likeness. We talked about that a little bit. Shakur Rashid went into that in his interview. Yeah. He said his, his clothing line would be top seller. I wonder Which if he can. Can I he get. not have a clothing line right now? So my understanding is no, because there were some high schoolers who had one going a couple years ago, and they had to either shutter it or hand it over to their parents. That's good. That's a menace to society right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like the old Lord line was like... these kids sell some t- They weren't even wrestling t-shirts. Yeah. They were just regular t-shirts. Like it wasn't even in their likeness or something. It was No. Just... There was no mm. pictures of them. They just made their own logo. Yeah. And it was just clothing. Man. Mm. Love it. Hats and shirts and like sweatshirts. Makes tons of sense. What? Okie doke. All right. Let's get out of here. The tacos are here. They've been here. They're probably already gone. It's 9.34 here in the AM, deep in the heart of Texas. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same channel. We'll probably not be on uh, social media because Stephen Kyle is being the father of the year right now and not putting it on there. So you got to watch on the site. But uh, that's okay. That's just fine. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. 424 strong. 425 tomorrow. Come heck or high water. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.